So you're about to hear an interview with Riley with his wife, Marsha. So Jexit and Mrs. Jexit, if you like. And um, unfortunately, Celine wasn't able to make it tonight. So we still have this long-running issue that Celine has never actually met Riley. And he's been on our show now four times. Um, but it was a, a lovely interview. Um, we, we did it in the evening. I was outside, sitting outside in the garden. And they were in Paris. So I should say the quality of the line wasn't great. So we normally do our interviews, although it's just a podcast and we only record audio, we normally can see each other. So we normally use the video to be able to see each other. But unfortunately, the link was just so poor. The connection was so poor. We had to just resort to audio only. And that does tend to make it more difficult to keep the thing flowing. Um, So I've had to edit a few bits where we talk over each other by accident and um, yeah there might be some long pauses that I've had to get rid of so if you notice any of that that's really what's happening Um, but hopefully it's okay and uh, the quality obviously of the sound um, from their end isn't as good as it would normally be you know Um, they were in a hotel room in Paris so um, I was nothing but grateful for them giving up some of their holiday to talk to to us on the podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I found it really interesting and, yeah, very heartwarming, really. They are a lovely couple and they speak very openly and honestly about some of the issues that they experienced and, yeah, they talk about their relationship and how it started and so on. So I hope you enjoy it. Um... Riley and Marsha. Oh, you'll notice that I get Marsha's name wrong, or at least I'm pronouncing it wrong for the first 10 minutes, um, and then obviously change. So um, she was very nice about that. Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? (laughs) Well, maybe in my head. The thing is though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. (laughs) Well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to What Should I Think About. I'm Stephen. Uh, So there's no Celine today, um, but I'm very, very happy to welcome our special guests today. It's Riley and Marcia. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Great to be back on the show. Or I should say, bonjour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bonjour. Bonjour, monsieur. Uh, excellent. Um, you're currently holidaying in, in Paris. Um, and because uh, it's your it's your birthday, Riley. So happy birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, and I saw your post on Twitter that it's your third birthday. 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> so happy third birthday. Um, yeah. So uh, so what have you been doing? How have you been enjoying Paris? It's amazing. I mean, we just got through renting some electric bikes today and riding them to the Eiffel Tower. So that was that was wow. amazing. And we just laid out in front of the Eiffel Tower on the grass for a while. And yeah, it was so, so beautiful. It's sunny. It's yeah, it's really, really beautiful here. We're having a great time. Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. We've been eating lots of delicious food. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is important anywhere we go. Yeah. It's absolutely, and of course, uh, France is the place to go if you want good food. So fantastic, um, yeah, and also very brave if you're cycling in in Paris. That is uh, that is a brave thing to do. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think our listeners know know Riley quite well. Um, so it's great to have you back on the show. But we've never met Marcia. So uh, Marcia, maybe you could just introduce yourself and um, uh, let our listeners know who you are. Yes, well, I am the one and only Mrs. Jexit now. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm Riley's wife. We got married uh, December 3rd of last year, but we met um, May of 2019. And yeah, um, we met when I was on holiday in London. Uh, was, it was two days before I was leaving, and we, uh, we hooked up through a meetup app went and had a drink and yeah we were almost inseparable after that <laughs> brilliant right so we we really want to talk about um that it's uh, it's a very it's great to be for you guys to be in paris it's all about romance in paris of course um so yeah it seems very apt so we were just having a, a little pre-discussion before we started the podcast and and i was saying that um we have talked about finding love after leaving a high control group. Um, so Celine and I have had podcasts about that. We've spoken to Gillian about that, a uh, former guest. We've also talked to producer Bob and um, uh, Jordan from the Shund Experience. And, um, and we, so we've had those discussions, um, but I think there's lots more to be said. But one thing that we haven't ever done really is talk about it from the other perspective the other person so the person that meets someone who's just right. come out of a cult or come out of a high control group um so we we kind of wanted to get your take on that um so maybe a good way of of doing that is to maybe talk a little bit about that process of of meeting each other getting to know each other um and you know you can get all mushy and romantic if you like that's absolutely cool um <laughs> Or not, it's up to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so tell us, tell us a little bit more about that, um, uh, both of you. But um, maybe start with with you, Marcia. Yeah. So, um, so like I mentioned, Riley and I met through um, a, a location based app. Um, he says dating app. I say just like a meetup app, obviously, because <laughs> I was on holiday and, you know, I wasn't off, you know, looking to date. I just wanted to hang out with, you know, some people before mm -hmm. I left and went back to the U.S., maybe make, you know, a couple friends or so. And that way, you know, I'd have some right. friends in, in London. Um, but Riley was mm -hmm. the first person that I met up with and the only person I met up with, um, <laughs> when I was on my five week mm -hmm. holiday in the UK. Um, and I tell you what I was, it, it was at the best point in my life to meet somebody because I was just on this, 
high because I had just, I not literally, but I was on this high of, you know, I just got through traveling through the UK by myself. I went to all the national parks. I hiked in all the national parks. You know, I did all these things I, that I wanted to do um, by myself. And, you know, it it was such a, it was the first time I had went overseas by myself, you know, first time driving on the other side of the road, like first time, and I had to figure it all (laughs) out myself. And, you know, I, I was just on this high of just loving myself and so proud of myself, you know, and, (laughs) and finally at the end of my journey, I, you know, was like, oh, you know, I should meet up and go out with some people. You know, I haven't really talked to anyone. And, you know, the whole time I've been here, I hung Mm -hmm. out with anyone. And, and yeah, and that's that's how I I met Riley, and and uh, he was the first one. I was like, okay, well, let's meet up tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just let you know I'm leaving. And he's like, that's okay, you know. And we thought we both went into it thinking, oh, at least we'll maybe get a friendship or something. And yeah, that's that's how we met oh. up. We met up at uh, uh, around Earl's Court because we both happened to be in that area, and we had a drink. And um, yeah, it was. Um, him being a Jehovah's Witness didn't come up for a really long time. Um, so we yeah. went on our, our first date. And there were there are things I noticed on our first date that were a little, you know, not, I, I not, don't want to say not normal. But <laughs> I could tell that, you know, there was something going on with him because he was very, he was very distracted. Mm. He was kind of always like looking over all over the place. And I kept thinking to myself, like, is, does he think someone's going to see him? Like, why is he looking? And he had just left the cult. Babe, do you want to go into that? How you just, like, left, right? Yeah, so um, I'd only been, it was May. I'd, I'd only been out of the religion since April. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost a year right. to the day. It's almost a year to the day that um, that I left the organization. No, two. Three. T- three years. Three. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Don't mind me. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, yeah, sorry. Three years to the date almost. Three years, three years to the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd only been out for just over a month. And um, I'd, I'd been mm. dating a little bit, but I, was still, I wasn't entirely comfortable mm. doing so. You know, so as, as Marsha yeah. mentioned that um, I was a bit distracted and looking over my shoulder. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm certain that I was, you know, wondering, oh, still feeling that little bit of trepidation, you know, what if somebody sees me and... Is yeah. that what did you think that? Did you think, oh, what if a Jehovah's Witness comes in here and sees yeah, me? Yeah, I did, I did think that a lot. I mean, not, not, not just on my date with you, but when I was like yeah. on, on dates with other people as well, I was yeah. thinking that exact same thing. You know, it, it's, it's funny when I look back on it now because I'm, you know, I'm a grown adult, not doing anything wrong at all. And I was still <laughs> worried about what <laughs> people would yeah. think or, you know, if, if they saw me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so he was, you know, like I said, Barry just kind of always looking around. So I thought he wasn't interested, you know, not, not in a relationship, but I thought, oh, maybe I'm boring and he doesn't want to be my friend or whatever. <laughs> and, and we left there and we walked, you know, we're walking around and talking and, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, I just was like, okay, I'll just go back to my hotel, you know, thanks for a good evening. And he's like, no, no, let's keep walking around. I was like, well, that's strange for a guy who doesn't seem to be interested. In, and and I don't mean interested because he was, he was very talkative. We were talking a lot. We had a lot of things in common. But again, there was just a disconnect, you know, there wasn't this big, it, I'd like to say that like sparks flew when we met and it was like love at first, but it wasn't. 
it wasn't, you know, it was, it was very, there was this distance, you know, b- between us, um, you know, and, and again, you know, he, mm. from what he said, but, um, you know, we, we walked around and, you know, w- went our separate ways after that. And, and, you know, he, he messaged me a few minutes later and he's like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, would, if I took the whole day off work tomorrow, would you want to spend the whole day with me before you go back to the U S and I, again, thought it was really strange. I was like, mm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, you know, of course there, there was no romantic involved on that first date, nothing romantic. And, uh, yeah, we, we met up again on that second date. He was like 30 minutes early and I was like, why, what's going on here? (laughs) And, And, and we just had the most wonderful day getting to know each other. He was still a little distracted, but not as distracted as he was the the first date Mm -hmm. um and yeah Yeah. we just you know like halfway through the date he you know grabbed my hand and he's like you know i really like you and i was like i really like you too and i'm thinking to myself as a friend (laughs) you know Uh... in my mind i'm just still on my high i'm loving myself i'm not getting in a relationship i don't need a relationship you know life is great Mm -hmm. without a man this guy's gonna be my friend Mm -hmm. um but after spending the whole day with him, I knew that we, we had a really, really good connection. And again, it wasn't anything romantic. We did, you know, have our first kiss on the second date, but there wasn't, you know, anything really romantic mm-hmm. on, on my side. Babe, do you want to? Yeah. I get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, from my side, it was sparks flying from the moment I laid eyes on her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that it, 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 I probably didn't express that uh, in my body language, you know, I certainly didn't express it verbally, but mm. inside, you know, it was, it was almost a magical experience the first time we actually wow. saw each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, do you think, um, obviously, just coming out of the, uh, the cults, uh, coming out of Jehovah's Witnesses, that's one factor. Uh, do you think there's a, a bit of sort of British reserve there as well? Um, that, that, you know, as as Brits, we're not the most, um, you know, emotionally demonstrative people, I guess. I, I know that's a, a generalisation, but was that any of that, do you think? Um, I think, yeah, possibly that could have played into it. Also, the fact that I'd, I'd recently come out of a very long um, marriage as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I was married previously for 21, 21 years. Um, Mm. and that, that ended in January of the same year. Um, there was a lot going on. (laughs) There was, there was, there was a a lot going on to, you know, affect the dynamics of our, our, our first couple of interactions. Okay. Well, that, that all sounds really nice. So, um, let's, let's pick up your story again then. So you're, uh, Sorry, Marsha, I've been mispronouncing your name. Um, it's okay. I, I do apologise. It's okay. Um, every, every, all, everyone who's British always pronounces it like you do, and I actually think it sounds oh, really? better. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, now I don't know what to call you. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, Marsha, um, so we've you, you spent a day together, and so were you going back? So you're, you're scheduled to go back the next day, was it, or very shortly? Yeah, I was scheduled to go back after our second date. I was scheduled to go back um, that following day. And so after our second date, um, you know, he walked me back to the hotel and, 
you know, he did not want to say goodbye, but in my mind, it, it, so we, we, we didn't, we didn't open up to each other, you know, as much as we probably could have. So I, you know, I am a vegan and my whole thing is like, I don't want to be the vegan stereotype. Right. So I did on our second date, you know, he was like eating like all this stuff from the movie theater. And I'm just like, Oh no, no, I'm fine. I'll just have some fries. And so by the time our date ended, I was starving <laughs> and, and he didn't know I was vegan because I wasn't, be, you know, going to be like, I'm vegan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so and so he walked me back to my hotel and I was just like, OK, because I was really just wanting to say goodnight so I could go across the street and get some vegan food. <laughs> and so right. I was you know, trying to, like, hurry up and, you know, end the date, but not because we were having a bad time, just because I was getting hangry at that sure. point. So. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, can I just spend a little bit more time with you and come up to the room? And he's like, you know, I, I promise. We can. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like, OK, here we go. Like and now now I'm thinking he's like every other male. OK, here we go. Let's come up to the room. And I was like, you know, I, I was like, I don't feel comfortable with that. But, you know, you know, we can talk and be friends and, you know, have, you know, have a have a nice, you know, friendship, whatever. So he leaves. I go make a mad dash to the pizza place across the street because they have vegan pizza. <laughs> and, uh, cool. and yeah, and, and he messaged me right after that. And he was, you know, saying, I'm so sorry if, you know, I hope I didn't upset you. I wasn't trying, you know, to, you know, make a move. I promise that, you know, I'm not like that. And, yeah. and I kind of picked up a lot from that in our previous conversations. We never talked about, you know, sex. We never talked about dating or anything like that, but I did know that he was married um, and that he was separated, but he, you know, nothing, definitely nothing about religion or anything at this point. Mm. And so just to ease my mind, you know, he had said, you know, I just want to let you know that, you know, I've only been with one person my whole entire life. So, you know, I, that's definitely not something that I was going to do. And and then that's when I was like, oh, okay. In my mind, I was thinking, wow, he, he's either really religious or he just got married, you know, really young. But um, it turns yeah. out it was both. <laughs> it was both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, were you nervous telling me that? I was. Yeah. I, I was nervous telling you that, yeah. Nervous about mm. my reaction or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I, I knew that I wasn't not in the JW meaning of the word, in the in the proper meaning of the word. I knew I wasn't worldly wise, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um but and and I wasn't sure how you would you would take that if you would see that as as being weird or or, or you know strange in any way or if that was something that I should be embarrassed about. I, I, I just didn't know. Yeah. You know, so I wasn't sure how you were going to take it. But I thought it was important to to tell you that to to reassure you that I wasn't trying to get you into bed. Yeah. <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> and and you know the funny thing, Stephen, is that mm. through through our conversations about, mm. you know, him and his marriage and that he was married for so long, I I kinda already figured that out that he probably wasn't with a lot of people and and that's what made me feel even more safe yeah. around him. You know, I, I didn't think that I was just hanging out yeah. with some random guy by myself in a foreign country. You know, because if I would tell my friends that, they're 
you know, they would be like, oh my gosh, please be safe. You know, mm-hmm. don't, don't go yeah, yeah. anywhere, you know, that people are not in a public place, you know, but I, I felt so comfortable with him. You know, he never, ever yeah. made me feel uncomfortable. He never said or did anything that made me feel uncomfortable. So him bringing that up to reassure me that a- after our second date, um, you know, that was, I thought that was really great. Um, yeah. So yeah, then I went back to um, the US the next day, but before I left. Um, so it was that morning I was getting ready to leave and he sent me a text and, and we had chatted over text, you know, message all, all night. And he sent me a text Mm -hmm. that next morning and he was like, Hey, he's like, would you, you know, I'm going to go visit my cousin in Portland in a month. Would you want to meet me there? Mm -hmm. And again, this is a guy that I'd only been on two dates with. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, he wants me to, I was in Phoenix, you know, at the time. So it was like, he wants me to fly from Arizona to, you know, Oregon to meet him. Um, oh, and I, I, I said, I was like, well, so let's see how this goes. You know, cause he, I knew he was still dating and, you know, I was like, you know, and, and I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't a dater. I wasn't into dating, didn't want to do it. Um, but you know, I was like, you know, let's just, let's see how the next few weeks go of us chatting before, you know, we, we do any of that. So I, mm-hmm. I left uh, London and we were just like inseparable. We were, you know, on, video chat all the time. We were texting each other all the time. And I mean, within a couple days of me getting back, I think it was what five or so days after we met, um, he called me. And I remember it was around, uh, it was around my son's birthday, because my son was um, at my place. And, and he's like, Hey, I need to talk to you. And I was like, Okay. And um, we chatted, we got on the phone and started chatting. And he's like, I need to tell you something. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. What, what's going on? And he's like, I I'm in love with you. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was very, I was, and it's still at this point, Stephen, I had no idea about anything about the religion, but he was just so happy and giddy. And he just could not wait to tell me how much he was in love with me. And, um, and I was very shocked because at that moment I kind of saw my whole life flash before my eyes <laughs> because I was like, wow, it, if this happens between us, this changes like so many things, you know, so many things mm. that I had planned for my life being, you know, single and free and doing what I want. And mm. how do we mm. maneuver a relationship where we're just distant? And, and do you want to add anything mm. to that, babe? Sorry. I still, I will never, ever forget your reaction when I told you that and the look on your face. <laughs> it, 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 I could literally see that your life was flashing before your eyes. <laughs> it's like this huge realisation suddenly hit you, mm-hmm. you know, and you just com- contemplated all of this stuff in a, within a fraction of a second. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't, it wasn't um, a reaction of, revulsion which yeah. i was very pleased about that's always nice yeah yeah even though even though it wasn't necessarily the reaction that i would have hoped for it wasn't one of you know rejection or anything like that and i knew that i knew that um things were moving very very fast for me and i mm. i was you know accepting that they were probably not moving as fast for you but i was trying to learn from the mistakes of my previous relationship mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest problems that we had is that I'd say her more so than me, but to an extent, both of us weren't 
totally comfortable being completely open and vulnerable. Yeah. So I wanted to do things differently. Mm. So I said, I know that this is fast, but I just want to be comp- all, you know, cards on the table about how I feel and what I want. Yeah. yeah. Aww. <laughs> that's that's really interesting. That's um yeah, that's that's lovely. Um so I, I'm gonna ask a question now. Um I don't want you to uh, be offended, but did anybody say to you, look, you know, this is a bit quick, um it's you know, is there a rebound thing going on here? Was was that a concern or, or was it clear that that was not the case? Um I I remember thinking that. Did I ever bring that up to you? I think I think you may have. I think yeah. I may have later. I sat on it for a while. Yeah. I do know that because it it was more so when I really started learning about him and the religion that he was in and yeah. and that's when I was like, "Oh wow, is this like is this for real? Are you really really sure this is how you feel and what you want because mm. I mean, looking at it it was like, that's a huge step for somebody who j- was just in, you know, a, a 21 year relationship, you know, six months prior yeah. and a, a cult for, you know, 40 years of his life for, you know, mm-hmm. two months prior mm-hmm. to that and still mentally in, mm-hmm. you know, that, mm-hmm. that was once, once that all started unraveling that, that is really when it all started, you know, mm-hmm. all the questions kind of started. Yeah. 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 I think from my side, um, I, I know, and I know this is going to sound, um, well, of course he'd say that kind of thing. For me, it was me, meeting Marshall was completely different. I mean, I, I dated a lot after I left the religion. Within a very short space of time, I dated yeah. so much. I, I, I went on a frenzy, seriously. <laughs> I was dating multiple which, which people I at think once. sorry I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. but I, which I think is good. I'm glad that he did that because I would have actually been yeah. more concerned if I would have been like his mm. first date or something, you know, out of out sure. of everything. I'm glad he got to experience all that and I'm glad he met several different women and you know he was able to see what all was out there in yeah. using quotes the world, mm. you know, the yeah. worldly people. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and I, I yeah, never experienced with any of the women that I was dating um, what I experienced with Marshall. Mm. It was completely, completely different. I, um, the, the feeling that I got when I met Marsha, I don't believe in the supernatural, but for somebody who doesn't believe in the supernatural, it was as close to a supernatural experience <laughs> as you can get. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know any other way to put it, really. So for me, I knew that, that my feelings were genuine. It wasn't a rebound kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, cool. So let's um, let's talk about the the what, what you think about the conditioning that you'd received as a Jehovah's Witness, Riley, and um, how, from your perspective, how that affected how you thought about relationships and um because you're you're in a process there of of leaving and finding your own identity you hadn't been left very long you're still kind of working out a lot of stuff i guess so could you tell us a little bit about how you were thinking about that and making sense of that experience yeah um, as you get to know Marsha? yeah i mean i was still mentally in still mentally in and i hadn't completely ruled out the um possibility of returning to the organization it's not it's something i definitely decided not to do i knew that it wasn't something that i wanted in the immediate future 
but I, but I hadn't yeah. ruled it out for the for the long term. So when I decided to start dating, I had a firm rule to myself that I wasn't going to sleep with anyone. I was dating purely for companionship, friendship, um, you know, recreational purposes, and it was going to be strictly non-sexual. I wasn't I wasn't averse yeah. to semi-romantic fun, if you get my meaning. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did have a yeah, lot of okay. that. I did, I did have a lot of that, but um, I definitely, I had that real hard and fast rule. I'm not going to sleep with anyone because okay. if at some point in the future I do want to get reinstated, I want to be able to hold my hands up with complete yeah. honesty to the elders and say, while I was this fellowship, I did not commit any kind of sexual immorality at all. So, um, oh, that's so, interesting. so still being mentally in, it really, really, if, if, and although I know that dating wasn't strictly what I was supposed to be doing, if I ever wanted to return, it still affected the way that mm. I dated. Yeah. It had a yeah, huge absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, what else was um, going through your mind as your, uh, as, I guess, as, as you're getting to know Marsha more and more, uh, knowing that what we do now in terms of the fact that you're completely out and you're mentally out as well, you're also going through a process of loosening those uh, sort of bonds with the organisation. So um, at what point did you kind of start to think, well, actually, I I can just, I can just jettison this Jehovah's Witness thing because I don't actually believe it anymore? Um, I didn't, that didn't happen for a long time afterwards. I mean, after right. meeting Marsha and, and falling in love with her and deciding that I wanted to have a relationship with her, I knew that if I ever did want to return, it would be something yeah. way down the line. But um, I still believed it. I still believed it for probably about a year right. and a half after that. You know, I was very, very discouraged and disillusioned with a lot of things, but I still yeah. believed it was the truth. Yeah. So did you have... Um fantasies maybe of, of bringing Marsha into the to the Jehovah's Witnesses was that was that maybe a thought that you had at any point um I probably to be honest it probably crossed my mind a couple of times not necessarily bringing her in but wondering whether or not if 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 at some time in the future I did decide to return whether or not she would be happy to return with me but I decided yeah. I wanted her more than I wanted to be back in the religion if I ever did want to go back. Right. So I would be happy to return on my own if it meant that we could stay together. Yeah, and I, I remember having that conversation with him at, at some point. I, I don't remember when. But it was before, yeah. you know, it was before we really, you know, got maybe like six months into our relationship. You know, I remember saying that, you know, if, if you decide to go back, I 100% support that, you know, but that you would be going, you know, back on your own. That's not something, you know, I'm interested in. It's not, but you know, I, and I told him, I knew him going back. I didn't want him to have to make that choice. So I told him I knew going back would mean that we probably wouldn't be together anymore because I wanted him to be happy. And I wanted him to have a relationship with his children I wanted, you know, and, and I said, if going back is going to give you that and going back is going to make you happy, I 100% want you to do it. 
Um, but I won't be, right. you know, going with you, but that doesn't stop me from, you know, mm. being with you or, or loving you. That just won't be a part of my life. Sure. Wow. That's, that's heavy, isn't it? That's hard. Um, but what were your views, Marsha, about, um, I guess Riley must've been telling you stuff about the beliefs at some point as you're talking about your lives and everything. What, what's, yeah. uh, what was your awareness of, of what Jehovah's Witnesses believed and what was Riley telling you about that? Yeah, well, before I didn't know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, I grew up uh, a Christian and a Baptist, you know, from a small Midwest town, you know, in Kansas. Um, you know, so all I all right. I knew was really, you know, being a Baptist and, you know, all, all that. So I didn't know, you know, and, and I, I recently yeah. spent some time in a Catholic church with someone, you know, I had a, a long-term relationship with, but other than that, I didn't know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses. And yeah. so the first time he ever brought it up was um, when we were going to meet in Oregon. And, and uh, this was before the third time that we would have seen each other. And I can't remember what the conversation yeah. was, but I don't know if you remember, but um, I, I, he said something and I said, I think, I think we were talking about, you know, being intimate, you know, for the first time, because it was something that, you know, we wanted to make sure yeah. we were both comfortable with what was going to happen in Oregon. You know, we just wanted to make sure our, our, we were on the same yeah, page. we were on the same page with as far as, you know, I didn't want to get to Oregon yeah. and then, you know, have it be like we were, you know, completely different on, on the page. So, so yeah, and I, I think that's when uh, we started talking about being intimate and, and then he started telling me more about, you know, his, his wife. And I said, okay, was that, I think I said something about, was that a choice? that you decided to, or you just didn't, you know, or you just wanted to wait till you got married or he's like, well, no, it's part of my religion. And I said, Oh, what was your religion? And that's the very first time I heard the word Jehovah's witness. I mean, from him um, was he said, Oh, I was right. Jehovah's witness. And he paused before he said that. And so I knew from that pause, he was really nervous to say that to me. And there's a reason there's a story behind that. Yeah. So um, yeah. before I met Marsha, I was, as I said, I was dating a lot. But there were there were two women in particular that I mm -hmm. that I was was seeing on a regular basis. They both had the same first name, incidentally. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so I had to call them number one and first name number one, first name number two. Obviously, I'm not going to say their, their name. Let's no, let's okay. say Jane number yeah. Jane number one. So um, I was dating Jane number one for a while, and I really really liked her. But the day that I told her. Hmm that I used to be a Jehovah's Witness was the last day we saw each other. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it was the last day we saw each other. Do you think other. she judged you because of that? I, I don't know, because when she said that, you know, she didn't really want to see me anymore, the reason she gave me was nothing to do with Jehovah's Witnesses, but it still impacted on me that as soon as I told her that, things went yeah. funny, things went strange. Yeah, she started acting different. She started yeah. acting different. Yeah. So I was really, really hesitant. I wanted to be open and honest, but I was absolutely, you know, terrified of what, what would happen as a result. Yeah. And so, and so when he told me that, and again, I, I just was like, oh, okay. You know, cause I didn't, I didn't know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses. And, and I remember mm. hanging up the phone with him and I was talking to one of my girlfriends and I was like, oh yeah, he, or, and, and I was telling her about our conversation and that we were talking about, you know, you know, maybe being intimate when we saw each other. And, and she was like, and I said, but I don't know if we will be intimate because he's a Jehovah's Witness. And I think he I think they have to be married first or something. And she was like, he's a Jehovah's <laughs> Witness? And I was like, well, he was. I was like, but 
he got, I think excommunicated was the word that you told me. And again, I didn't know anything about why he was excommunicated yeah. or anything. And, and, um, and so she was like, Oh my gosh, she goes, you need to watch out because they are. Yeah. And I was like, what really? And so I did just like a quick, mm. I did a quick Google and like looked at the Wikipedia page and saw something about like the 144,000. Yeah. But at that point I was just like, I don't, if I start going in the rabbit hole with all this, then that's yeah. going to form my opinion about him before he has a chance to, you know, tell me and show me. So I looked at like a Wikipedia page and then I just yeah. got off of the, you know, got off the internet. I didn't sure. look any more into it. Um, and so, yeah, so that's mm. really the only thing I learned about at that point was from a Wikipedia page. <laughs> and, and of course the Wikipedia page oh, is going to say, you know, they're a high control group and you know, all that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I started asking him more and more about, about things as our relationship progressed. Um, but yeah, once, once we met in Portland, I was still kind of unsure if we were going to be intimate because it sounded like we were, but also I knew he was Joe's witness and they didn't believe in that. So I was very confused, mm. but, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, he was like a kid in a candy store. It was like a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> being honest which was great but yeah so there there wasn't a problem there but i don't know how you felt about the whole i remember him telling me beforehand if we are intimate you know i have to be honest i don't know if i'm going to think of my ex i don't know because i've only been with her i don't know how it's gonna feel i don't um you know emotionally i don't know how and i was very okay with that i was like i i understand completely you know, if, if you have a hard time, you know, being intimate with me, yeah. I totally understand, you know, we don't have to do anything that you're not comfortable with, but, um, he didn't have a problem at all. He just, <laughs> by, by that point, I was just so head over heels in love. It didn't yeah. feel wrong. Yeah. And I was completely 100% comfortable with breaking my own rule. Yeah. You know? <laughs> about you know um you know no no sex yeah. while i'm dating i was yeah. com i was completely you know i was completely okay with it because it, it, it yeah. genuinely didn't feel well yeah and that that's what you know mattered to me i you know it was it it wasn't it wasn't weird it wasn't uncomfortable it wasn't you know it was just two people who really loved each other and i mm. think that's what mm. you know made it great yeah. you know and and it was you know that's yeah. what made it more comfortable for you too. And I could tell, I could tell, even though you're really enthusiastic about it. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was, he was, he went, went to the bathroom beforehand, Stephen, and was like, you know, giving himself a pep talk in the mirror. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was really, really nervous. Oh. Um, but yeah. But that's, yeah. I mean, thank you ever so much for, for sharing. Um, this, which is is obviously quite um, intimate stuff, but I think it's it's lovely to be able to talk about that because I'm sure that others will have had similar experiences and difficulties. It, it's absolutely such a um, a strange way of thinking about relationships and sex and the hang-ups that you have as a Jehovah's Witness about all that. I think it, it's often underestimated and definitely under talked about so yeah wow. that's really interesting thank you for sharing that yeah yeah absolutely and i think um, that's what we wanted to he's been really open with that and he he asked me at the from the beginning when yeah. he started doing his youtube you know 
is it, you know, do you feel comfortable? Yeah. I was like, absolutely. Because I think, I think it's important, you know, not only for you, but other people who might be in this similar situation and, and thinking about it or how is it going to work out? And so I, I think being open about that kind of stuff and not saying like, you know, like it's supposed to be dirty, especially when two people care about each other and love mm. each other, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it, again, I suppose you've said it, but it, it's it's easy to underestimate the conditioning of somebody yeah. who's been in that um, environment for, you know, 30, 40 years, whatever. Um, it really is pumped into you regularly. Even as a child, you'll be sat at the Kingdom Hall hearing instruction about those intimate things, um, often completely unsuitable, really, for, for <laughs> children. You'll be reading... Bible passages that in themselves are pretty um, explicit and then you know there'll be talks about them so yeah you're you're very much your understanding of sex and relationships is very very much controlled by the organization and by the interpretation of the Bible that they give you so it's a massive area I think yeah yeah it really is Um, it's interesting Riley that you um, you weren't sure about telling Marsha about your uh, you're being a Jehovah's Witness um, in the past and still sort of having, uh, I guess, a, a semi-detached relationship with the with the group. Um, obviously, you, you said about your experience where, you know, that had been a bit of a, a, a red flag to somebody and so that had, that had made you more cautious. I think, I think also, though, I mean, I, I, although I never was in that situation, I think I remember not wanting to tell people about the fact that I used to be a Jehovah's Witness for uh-huh. years later, you know. So it's only fairly recently that I've been very open about that and would tell people at work or, you know, friends and, and stuff that, about my past. I'd, I'd kept that very, very close to my chest because mm. um, I felt embarrassed about it as much as anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can understand that completely. You know, um, yeah, so with um, Harry came up with Jane number one is that um, she asked, she, 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 was very very observant she said i never hear you speaking about your friends you know do you do you, you <laughs> have a do you have a friend group you know i never hear you, you never mention any of your friends you never mentioned going out or doing anything with friends and the reason was because all my friends were were still witnesses you know all of my close friends were still witnesses yeah. and uh you know mm. as you know when you're disfellowshipped you're completely cut off from them so um yeah i was yeah. i was honest with her i said um i was raised I didn't straight away say that I was a witness. I said I, I was raised in a very strict uh, religious community, and they were very insular. So yeah. um, I'm not. I'm no longer in that religion anymore. But all of my close friends still are. So that's the reason why we don't really yeah. contact. And then she said, "Oh, what religion?" And I said, "Oh, I, I was. I used to be a Jehovah's Witness." And he literally, as mm. soon as I said that, she was like, <laughs> "Anyway, I've got to be heading home now." <laughs> Literally, it was like it was it was like that. Wow. So yeah, that's interesting. It'd be interesting to know what uh, what she was thinking about. Obviously, we don't know, but uh, what what was yeah, what was she afraid of? I mean, it it is understandable in some respects. I guess it could make life more complicated. Mm. Um, And uh, so yeah. Um, What about the beliefs, um, Marsha? Did uh, did Riley get into any of that? You know about Armageddon and. uh the new new system of things and um did did he talk about any of that stuff at all yeah he did i mean the first real 
conversations we started having about it um, was when I, you know, started, he wasn't forthcoming about information, which I understand why, but one thing I will always give right, he is the most honest person. You know, I, I could ask him a question mm. and no matter how hard it was, he was going to be honest and tell me the truth. And so I asked, you know, why were you, you know, disfellowshipped? And, you know, he told me straight away, you know, and, and, and everything. And I was like, okay, let me, let me just process that for a second. It, it's, it's nothing, nothing mm. bad, but to, to Jehovah's witnesses, you know, it would be, but but the whole process, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why he, someone would, you know, why someone would be discommunicated or dis, disfellowship, uh, discommunicated. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of excommunicated. Um, yeah, I couldn't understand why someone would be disfellowship for that. And, and then I was like, well, why this and why that? And then more questions started coming and, and I was oh. like, well, what, you know, and then yeah. he had to write a, a letter to, you know, um, what was it? The circuit overseer? I don't know who he had to send the letter to saying you weren't going to come back. Yeah. It, it's not that I had to, it's just that, um, so over this period of time, I was still in like semi regular communication with an elder from the congregation that I was attending. Um, yeah, I'd stopped attending, but the last congregation that I attended, you know, he's somebody that has seen me grow up from childhood. So we were, we were good friends, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. he was, you know, he would text me every now and again and encourage me to try and come back. And then in mm. the end, I just, I just sent him an email saying that for now I wouldn't be coming back. Yeah, um, and then it was like right after that, everything hit the fan, you know, for him. And right. and he didn't see it because he was still in it, but me being an outsider, I could see it. So I would just ask him all these questions, and and mm. you know, right after he sent that letter you know, two elders showed up at his mom's house and then his mom start, stopped yeah. talking to him. And I was like, well, that's because you wrote the letter. And he was like, oh no, they would, they wouldn't, he wouldn't tell my mom that I wrote that letter. And I was like, babe, I was like, it's, mm. it's not a coincidence. I didn't push it because again, I knew mm. that he really had to figure this stuff out for himself, but he was like, no, yeah. no, no, it, it wouldn't have been him. We were, we were friends. He would, he wouldn't have told my mom. Mm. And I was like, okay, okay, babe. Then his mom stopped talking to him. All of his kids stopped talking to him. Um, and this was right after he sent that letter saying that he wasn't going to come back. And then, you know, I started asking him more questions. I was like, okay, well, I did ask him the friend question too. I was like, well, who, who are all your friends? Where are your friends? And he's like, oh, well, I, you know, most of them are Jehovah's Witnesses. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so did they tell you could only, you know, be friends with Jehovah's Witnesses? No, no, no. They would never say that. They just, you know. I was like, um, are you sure? Are you sure they weren't making it to where? No, no, no. I mean, deny. he was still in such denial. But I mean, you know, someone be on the outside. I could see it, you know, everything that was happening. I could see yeah. it all. Yeah. And so I would just keep asking questions and asking questions. And then once, um, it was actually once um, COVID hit. So COVID hit. Yeah. And I was in London at the time. And he just, I mean, even though it was amazing, I mean, not COVID, but it, the, amazing that we were together, thank goodness, when it all happened and we were in lockdown together. Mm. I'm so glad that it happened when we were together because he went through, like I'm sure most Jehovah's Witnesses who were still in that, you know, I mean, it, it mm. was, and he kept asking me all the time. He was like, he was like, babe you know, he, he, he sat down one day and he, he looked like he had something really serious to talk to me about. And I was like, Oh, okay, babe. I was like, what's going on? He's like, 
you know, I need to talk to you about something really, really serious. That's can I tell this part? Yes, yes, yeah. baby, go yeah, ahead, sorry. go ahead. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as Marshall was saying, when when COVID hit, it it really had a deep, yeah. deep impact on me. Yeah. Um, I I can't recall ever being so scared. Yeah. It was nightmares every night. I had night. nightmares every night. I mean, he was waking up and like screaming in his sleep. I mean, it was really, really bad. Mm. Because I thought Armageddon was was coming. I thought this was the the lead right. up to the Great Tribulation. Yeah, and yeah. I remember there was a big thunderstorm mm. one time too, and yeah. he was. I mean, he, I had never seen someone just so scared and like out of their, you know, just so. I was, I was scared all yeah. the time. Just, just literally mm. every waking moment, I had this sense of impending doom. You know, to the point where one night we, Marsha sat me down and said, "You have to find a therapist." So we actually right. like searched the internet and and found a therapist, and I went and saw her, and started having right. regular sessions with her. But there was one night I woke up from a nightmare. I woke up quietly, not intentionally, but it just so happened that I didn't disturb Marsha when I woke up. Mm-hmm. So I, I had some time to like sit up in bed by myself, and I was thinking, you know. And then um, I was thinking to myself, I, I actually prayed <laughs> for the first time in a long time. I mean, I mean, I would even though I was out, I'd been out for a while now. I would still pray before I ate a meal. When you're still mentally in, I was still mentally. Yeah, when COVID hit, he was still mentally in mm. COVID. Yeah, so I was still yeah. used to praying yeah. before eating a meal. But besides that, I wouldn't pray mm. just to talk to Jehovah. I'm doing air quotes when yeah. I say Jehovah. <laughs> <By the way. laughs> yeah. But um, this this particular night, <laughs> I did, and um, I said to I remember this so clearly. I said to Jehovah, I said, um, "There's I'm never coming back." I said, "I'm deciding yeah. now that I'm never ever going to go back." Go back. I said, "This woman in, in lying next to me, she's shown me more love, kindness." And, you know, acceptance and compassion mm-hmm. that you ever have. I said, you've been patient with me. I'll give you credit where it's due. You, you've shown me a lot of patience. But you haven't been kind, compassionate, caring or loving to me. Not a fraction to the extent that that this woman has who hasn't known me for very long. You know, really. Mm-hmm. I said, so, you know, I'm, I'm never, ever going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. And then... um. I said, amen. And then I went back to sleep. <laughs> and then a couple, I think it was like a couple of days after that, I woke up again and then I woke up Marsha and I said, there's something I need to talk to you about. And I remember her getting really nervous. And I said, um, I started to tell her about Armageddon and what, how Jehovah's Witnesses interpret Armageddon. And the big, the big thing for me was to, to let Marsha know that Jehovah's Witnesses believed. And since I was still mentally in, I still believed that when Armageddon comes, only Jehovah's Witnesses are going to survive. Yeah. That was me. That was my way of telling her, you, you haven't got long because this, this COVID thing, this is all Bible prophecy coming true. Uh-huh. But, but at the same time, I wanted her to know that I've chosen her even if it means that I die with her. Yeah. So I said, I think the way I started, the, yes, I remember now, the way I started the conversation, I said to her, do you know that I love you? 
And she said, yes, of course. I said, do you know how much I love you? And she said, of course I do. And I said, no, you don't. I said, the reason why I'm saying that is because basically I am right now, I've made a decision literally within the past 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I've made the decision to die with you rather than to save my own life. Hmm. Yeah. So that's that's how I let her know about you know the whole Armageddon thing. But at the same time, I, I didn't want I didn't want the conversation to be this is like me just imparting information about Jehovah's Witnesses' beliefs. Yeah. I wanted her to truly understand how much I love her because I'm fully convinced that neither of us have long. But instead of going back and saving myself, I would rather die being with you. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, he was he was so worried about that. I mean, I even after that conversation, he still every once in a while he would say, you know, I'm really worried that Armageddon's going to come and that I'm going to start getting all these phone calls from people saying, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you warn me? You know, this is all your fault, you know, because yeah. the rapture or whatever would be happening. And he was so afraid that everyone was going to, you know, be trying to call him and, you know, say, why didn't you warn me? Why didn't. And I was like, baby, if this is the rapture, literally no one's going to be thinking about calling you. I mean, everyone's <laughs> going to be scared and running for their life, and that's okay. Yeah. Because as a witness, I did have some worldly friends that I was closer to than I should have been if I was following the, right. the, the, the principles as closely mm. as I should have. And I was really worried that those friends would call me and say, this this right. is Jehovah killing everybody. You've been a Jehovah's Witness yeah. all this time, and you never told me about it. So now I'm going to die because you didn't preach to me. Yeah, and I, it was a it was a genuine concern that I had, and I wasn't looking. I think it. this <laughs> this is something that um, I think often we brush over a little bit. Um, certainly, when I'm talking about it on the podcast, I think the emotional impact of believing these things of believing that the destruction of the world is imminent at god's hands and you know all of all of the stuff that is included in in the belief you know that the way it affects you mentally Mm. i think is is it's easy to under underplay that and for people outside it it, it's hard i think to make it sound real you know but you genuinely do believe these things don't you at least at least a big part of you does and and yeah the the thoughts of dying at armageddon all your family mourning you um and feeling blood guilty for not helping other people or warning other people is something that is real yeah to yeah. you as a as an individual yeah absolutely yeah. i believed it all a hundred percent but um yeah I, I just remember saying to Marsha you know, however long this system and our lives have, whether it's two weeks, two months or two years, Mm. I just want to spend that time, you know, together. I just want to spend that time with you. And when, when the day finally comes and I can see that fireball heading in in our direction from the sky, (laughs) I won't have any regrets. I'll just hold you close, tell you that I love you and Mm. then just wait for it to hit us. Yeah. Yeah, and here yeah. we are, almost three years later, and we're still alive. And not a fireball in the yeah. <laughs> no. Well, you know, the world limps from one um, yeah. horrible situation to another, and it, I guess, it will for the foreseeable future because 
you know that is the nature of existence it, it yeah. there is a fragility to it but what yeah. we do know is that it, it is not some angry omnipotent god that is um is wreaking revenge on us these are things that happen um in yeah. the world we live in because that's the nature of it uh riley um was it a slow process then um as you because at this point you're in a relationship and you've made your decision that you would rather live a short life happy and die at armageddon than um sacrifice this wonderful thing with Marsha and live forever in paradise on earth um at some point obviously you stopped believing all of that mm. um i guess that was that a slow process or was it a, a sort of revelation one i don't know in the bath one day it wasn't a slow process it happened basically all at once so um okay it was so Marsha was actually stranded in the uk because of lockdown she couldn't get a flight back but when yeah. she eventually did go back I was, I dropped her off at the airport and I was actually on my way home on the bus looking through Facebook just to, you know, pass the time. And, uh, mm. you know, Facebook shows you memories of things that you've posted on that day years mm. ago. So it, it, yeah. it showed me a memory of something that I posted and then I saw a comment underneath it from a friend of mine. Um, I thought, oh, I haven't spoken to her in a long time. And then... Um, I noticed that her profile picture wasn't her face. It was a, of a T-shirt, but it was small, so I couldn't see what it was. So I tapped on it, and it, it took me to her profile, and the picture got bigger. And it, the picture was of a T-shirt that had the word apostate on it. <laughs> and then immediately, I mean, Steve, you'll know from being a witness, the mm. fear and dread that the, the sight mm. or sound of that word strikes mm. into the mm. heart of any believing witness absolutely and i immediately started sweating <laughs> literally i started sweating and my heart started pounding and then i was scrolling on her profile and i saw all of this anti-jw stuff and all of these like <laughs> memes and <laughs> i just panicked and i immediately closed the profile but that stuck in my mind and it stuck in my mind like a like a like a mind virus, <laughs> and I just couldn't stop thinking about it over the next week or so. And this question was in in my head: Why would someone be an apostate and be proud of the fact that they're apost they're an apostate? And why would they proudly advertise or proudly self identify with that word? I couldn't understand it mm. because to me, it was the dirtiest word ever. It was, mm. it was like, why would somebody self-identify with something like that? And I just couldn't answer that question, but the question wouldn't go away. So um, eventually one day I just sat down and I said, I'm, I want to know why somebody would say that about themselves. What is it that these apostates have? What, what are they saying? What are they about? Yeah. So I, I gave myself permission to look at um, apostate websites and youtube videos and I, I i had an anxiety attack as i was doing it <laughs> but yeah. i i pushed through and um the first yeah. video that i came across on youtube was from a channel called apostate chick and the very first right. video was about birthdays and why jehovah's witnesses don't celebrate birthdays and how hmm. the prohibition against birthdays isn't really biblical you know or doesn't mm. stand up to mm. logical reasoning and mm. 
it made perfect sense. The very first video that I saw made perfect sense. It was like, it hit me all of a sudden. It doesn't make sense not to celebrate birthdays. Yeah. You know, it's like, why did I not see this all this time? Why did I, you know? Well, and we had had that conversation um, when we were, at, we were in Portland. I, I love Christmas. I mean, Christmas mm. is my jam. I love Christmas. <laughs> I love celebrating it. I love all the time leading up to it. I mean, I'm just a Christmasaholic. And when we were were in Portland and slowly but surely, you know, he would start saying things, you know, and we were walking through the shop and he said, you know, oh, you know, we don't celebrate Christmas as, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses. And I was like, so if we are together over Christmas, it's like, will you not celebrate Christmas with me? And he said, well, I don't know how I feel about that. And my heart just dropped because I was, I was like, oh my gosh, how can I be with someone who doesn't celebrate Mm. Christmas? That's like my, that's my best (laughs) of the year. It's when I'm the, you know, the happiest Mm. and everything, the lights and the decorating. I was like, how can I be like, what? This is crazy. And I remember having conversations with you about, you know, but why do you have to look at it that way? You know, why do you have to look at it as a pagan thing? Why can't you just look at it as, like a celebration of people coming mm. together and being happy and, mm. and stuff. Why does everything have to go back to being something dirty or pagan or, yeah. you know, mm. I was very confused. And I asked that about that and birthdays yeah. and that mm. was something mm. I, you know, but again, it's not something I, you know, I'm going to push and we're going to get in a fight about, you know, cause you know, that's mm. just something he's going to have to feel comfortable with on his own. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, over the next couple of weeks, I just, devoured i completely devoured xjw content primarily on youtube but i also looked at jwfacts.com and within less than two weeks the whole religion had been completely dismantled in my mind yeah Mm. i mean he was calling me he was calling me i mean all day just be like you will not believe what i found out you will not believe what i (laughs) you will not believe what i found out and i was like what? Like we were finding this out together. Cause again, I didn't, you know, do any research, you know, prior to, to that. And so we were finding this stuff out together. And I, I just remember the, the one that hit him the hardest I remember is when he called me and he's like, you're not going to believe what I just found out. And I was like, what? And he was like about Jehovah's witnesses and the leader writing to Hitler yeah. uh, or, you know, yeah. and, and all that. And I was like, what? I mean, he was so devastated. This, that really, really devastated him. He's like, I can't believe this lies, like all these lies. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. really, it was, it was a beautiful process watching him wake up from, you know, uh, just being, you know, out of it standpoint, but it was also just really, really devastating because he was just watching his whole life unravel. But I mean, there was a good thing that came out of that is that you got to basically, you know, build this whole new life and who yeah. you want it to be for yourself. And, and that was also beautiful to, to watch and it's still beautiful to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I mean, I, I really, um, you know, admire the way you've come through that. Uh, both of you really, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine negotiating, a relationship and coming out of that at the same time, that must've been really difficult um, for me that it was just the doctrine, you know, so I could focus on that's what I was, that's what I was learning about and um, thinking about, but you had all this, this other stuff that you would, that you were going through at the same time. So that's um, yeah, that must've been quite an upheaval. So obviously that's, this is now 
uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Um, so you're, let's fast forward a little bit now. Um, obviously, you've, where are you now, guys? Riley, you're completely out. You yeah. you have a, uh, a YouTube channel called Jexit, which I know our listeners know about. But um, if they don't, they should go on to the channel and listen and watch some of your videos. You, you do interviews and you talk about various subjects, uh, which are great. Um, so that seems quite a long way to come from where you've, you left us. So um, we, I don't want to keep you too long because you're on your holidays. Um, we, we've been talking an hour. How, how can we sort of wrap up that, that last little bit? How did you go from, ah, do you know what? Actually, I don't believe this anymore to, I'm going to set up a YouTube channel and uh, become Jexit. Well, um, it's because a lot of videos that I saw were not necessarily like established channels, but like just individuals who were just telling their story. And some, some of the time that yeah. was the only video that they had, just them telling their mm. story of how they woke up and how they left the organization. And those videos had such a huge impact on me. No, I mean, it, it, it was really, really good watching videos about dismantling the doctrine, the doctrine, but seeing personal experiences and personal testimonies, if I can mm. use that word, that, that yeah. really had an impact on me. And I just felt compelled to pay it forward and do the same. Yeah, because when, when he when he first you know brought up the subject, it was never like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and talk about all this stuff. He really just yeah. wanted to make a video. He yeah. wanted to make a video and tell his story, which I yeah. highly, highly encourage because I was like, this is going to be so therapeutic, you know, and he, he was so mm. worried about his mom seeing it. And I was like, babe, it was like, you have to do this for you. Like, if this is what you want to do, you can't think about what anyone else is going to mm. think. You just do it for you. And, and that's what he really went into it thinking because it was never, I'm going to start a Jexit video and I'm going to talk about all these things. You yeah. know, it really, he really mm. just wanted someone to listen to his story and thought maybe he could help other people like other people had helped him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, it, I it's, it's so therapeutic doing that first video. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just thought not only, not only will this accomplish my primary goal of helping someone else, this actually helping me Absolutely. to go in as I'm yeah. doing it. So yeah. that's what spurred me on yeah. to do another one and then another one and yeah. then another <laughs> one. And the snowball effect, you know. You got the, you got the bug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's two things I, I sort of wanted to say about that as you're, as you're talking about that. Um, I think one is to, I suppose, a shout out, if you like, to those people that made those videos and that continue to do that. You know, they're, they're not, they don't have any ambition to be a YouTuber or a podcaster. They, they just have this need to tell their story and they want to do that. Mm. Um, and sometimes we probably uh, undervalue that. Um, so obviously that helps you and you never know how that's going to help other people. So I guess thank you to those people. Um, and the other thing is that, that I, I do recognize that burning desire to, have your say um i felt that for a long time and i didn't for various reasons because i didn't want to kind of rock the boat and um you know i just wanted to keep my head down but at some point you really feel like you've you've been through something that you need to talk about and you really want to get it out there for some reason you want to tell your story um 
And uh, so I, I definitely recognize that. And I think that was the beginning too of, you know, him and part of his therapy, because I don't think if he would have done yeah. that, because I was the only one he had to talk to at that point, you know, yeah. he had, yes. you know, his worldly friends, but um, I was really the only person who, you know, he had to talk to about, oh my gosh, all this stuff's unraveling, you know? And so him, mm. by him just doing that video and now, you know, being a part of this community is, is everything, you know, it's, it's been his therapy. It, I've seen him, you know, the other day, you know, we were, he, when he was visiting me in the United States and, you know, we were in the bedroom and he was watching, you know, a, something, you know, um, XJW on YouTube. And I was just kind of laying yeah. in bed and it was, you know, on, and he was in the bathroom and one of my friends walked in and she was like, Oh my gosh, he's playing another, you know, uh, XJW video. Don't you ever get tired of hearing that? And I said, I said, no, not really. I said, because this is what he needs. This makes him happy. This is his mm. therapy. You know, if he, he mm. has this whole community that if he didn't have that and all this, you know, support and all these other people that, that he's able to connect with on that level who understand it, I don't understand it. Yeah. You don't understand yeah. it friend who just came in the bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, like only the, those people mm-hmm. can understand it. And that's why I'll support him. And, you know, and as long as he wants mm-hmm. to do it. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay. So well, I guess we're, we're coming to the end of our, our interview. Um, so you two are, are currently um, enjoying a bit of a holiday in Paris, but I know you've, you've had a few difficulties um, because of visas and things. What, what's your current um, situation? Yeah, so our current situation is um, we have another three months before we apply for our spousal visa. Um, like I said at the beginning, yeah. we got married December 3rd in the United States. <laughs> we got married in Arizona. So we're legally right. legally wed. We just haven't had our wedding yet. Um, so we yeah. have to get the yeah. spousal visa in three months and then I'll move to London to be with him. And then we'll have our big proper wedding ceremony again in December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, um, I'm going to a, a wedding in a, a couple of months' time um, of a, a marriage that happened like three years ago. Oh, wow. Um, oh. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, a similar sort of situation, a, a UK friend of ours um, based in the UK, a family friend we've known for many, many years, um, met somebody from the States. So similar sort of setup, oh. really. And... Um, they obviously COVID hit and the, the, the lovely wedding that they planned all had to be postponed and they, but they still had the, you know, the, the facilities where they were going to get married. They couldn't cancel that. So they ended up having to put it off a year and then another yeah. year. So um, it's happening this year. So that would be really nice, Yay. but I guess, you know, um, yeah, better late than never, I guess. So yeah. Completely. Yeah unavoidable but um i i'm really looking forward to it it'd be really nice i'm sure you'll have a fantastic time when when that finally happens for you yeah oh absolutely we are definitely looking forward to it having a (laughs) a awesome fun party with everybody and yeah yeah, that's really what we we want to celebrate love and we want to celebrate friendships Mm. and you know that's really important to us and it's even more important to to Riley and so yeah I just I want to make sure that it's still a, a special day yeah <laughs> yeah I'm sure I'm sure it will be um well thank you so much for talking to us yeah, uh, this evening um, Riley and, and Marsha 
it's been lovely to talk to you. I know Celine will be devastated that she's missed you again, Riley. Um, <laughs> it's becoming a, um, a ridiculous habit, but um, I, I, I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been so interesting, and you've been really generous with with your time and um, and very open with with your story. So we really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Stephen. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production.